Rocio, and I am first-generation Dominican. Hi, I'm Mercedes, and I was born in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. And we are Amplifying the Afro in Afro-Dominican. Hey, Rocio. Hey, Mercedes. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. That's great. Um, so I have a question for you. Oh boy, what's up? So how are your Dominican cooking skills? Awful. They're terrible. Okay. So do you feel that there's a lot of like Dominican cooking shaming going on? What? Dominican cooking shaming? Like, do you feel because you're Dominican that you're supposed to like know how to make Dominican dishes or like, have you ever had any pressure from your own like, like family, family members I on know. your cooking skills or outside like yeah maybe during you know it's the holiday season and thanksgiving is actually a huge deal for my family not because of the slaughter of native americans but just because the opportunity to get together and hang out as a family like any excuse like you know easter christmas thanksgiving if it's an excuse to cook with each other and be together we love it yeah and a lot of the men in my family, which there's only like three, <laughs> everybody else is a woman, kind of actually took control of Thanksgiving dinner. Like my uncle was always responsible for the turkey. My brother-in-law was always into his dishes. And uh, the woman basically relaxed up until recently, me and a cousin of mine, um, you know, this is obviously pre-COVID a few years ago started just having healthier versions of the same thing. Like one year, me and my cousin Monica did like a quinoa and black bean to replace um, arroco mandules, like things like that to have like healthier versions. But I never felt pressure to like do a traditional Dominican dish. Mm -hmm. And um, have you wanted to learn how to make Dominican dishes? Yeah. For your partner? Or does your partner care about that? Yeah. I mean, he likes that. He, he likes does. it when I'm like, hey, tonight. Yeah. Like he and I actually learned how to do maduros together. Because like, what about the pressures of like, not all Dominicans like to cook? Like, yeah, I feel Dominicans like, like listen, cook. I'm not really about that cooking life. Yeah. I'm keeping it 100. Yeah. Go ahead. Girl. And I'm Dominican. Yeah. That's possible that we out here. Yeah, we out here. So like, but I do appreciate, um, you know, Dominican, traditional Dominican dishes. But, of course. you know, I'm still working on my moro. Yeah. My arroz con gandules. They, yeah. It's okay. It's not where it needs to be. I got you. I you got know what I mean? Role. I'm still yeah. working on my like mangu game. It's yeah. all right. I got to I got to perfect it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, do you think a part of any of this has to do with being in America, specifically New York, where it's always on the go, on the go, on the go that we can't even ha we don't really even have the time to like enjoy the kitchen and like learn those dishes the way. Well, maybe our grandparents or great grandparents had like a few hours in the kitchen to do stuff. No. Oh, well, for okay. me. I would say, <laughs> for me, I would say I was forced to be in the kitchen as a young kid oh. and forced to make beans at like a young age. And I just oh. kind of like, was did like, you hate no, it? Because I want to watch cartoons. Oh, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, like in our culture, it's all about, you know, teaching our kids young how to cook and stuff back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And so now as an adult, I wish I would have paid more attention, you know, yeah. and seeing the art form behind connecting with your parents, you know, or your grandmother. Oh, that's very true. But, you know, I was like, nah, I want to 
I want to chill. You want to chill, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I was just wondering. No, I hear you. And when I was younger, I hated beans. Like, they were my nemesis, like my kryptonite. And I have this story of when I was young, I was probably like nine or 10. We had like a canned food drive at my Catholic school, and I took all of the canned beans out of the cabinet. And I was like, Mom, I'm going to take these to the food drive. So I can get <laughs> and your mom's like, what are you doing? She didn't even notice till like a couple days later. She's like, where are the beans? So um, oh, speaking of like passing away, like did your mom ever Pass- tell you? Passing away. <laughs> did your mom ever tell you like, you know how Dominicans, they want to be buried in DR? Like, did they ever, did you guys ever have that conversation? Wait, where did death come out? <laughs> <Just thinking. laughs> beads and death are connected. Did you not oh, know? Beads and death connected. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, do you guys have that talk about, like, Dominican burials? Or, like, does your mom no. want to, like, stay here? Because that's, like, a topic. Yeah, I guess it's a topic. Oh, my God. I just, that was a... Uh, Terrible I segue. Beans with death. I don't <laughs> okay. Know. Okay. No, I mean not really, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a really interesting segue, but no, I have not had that conversation. Because you know, like in our culture, like some people want to be buried back in Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah. But their kids are here, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Have you guys? Sad. You guys haven't talked. We about haven't that. talked about that. I, I, you know, my mom has um had several different requests on what she would like to do with her remains i don't know what her latest one are but i know i know for sure several several yes it's changed over the years and but i do know for sure how she wants like her funeral to go oh wow um yeah, she wants like a, a full on like club party. She wants like a DJ food. Like, whoa, every, that's yeah. dope. She does not want some like, I love that. Blah, 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 blah. You're in a church and like crying. Like, she wants like the opposite of that. So, I am definitely going to fulfill that in terms of what to do with her remains. I don't know if she wants it a DR here. I don't, she might want to get cremated. I don't know. My mom is hip. So, she might want something very and, new. And, from, you know, shout out to your mom. Yeah. You know, she's going to live to be like over 100. Yeah, she's going to be like 125. It just made me think because of you know silly shout out to silly uh-huh. um and how she said that the most loving thing you can do for someone is honor what they want you know when they pass yes so i don't know why i was thinking about well, yeah that, but well, well how about you it must be on your mind how about you and your mom well my mom is definitely that other person the opposite where she does want people to cry for her and she wants us to go to some long mass <laughs> and you know pray okay. for hours um Okay. So, but that's what she wants, you yeah, know? Yeah, and, that's what she wants. But, you know, I think in our family, it's about like, do you want to be buried here versus being buried in DR? Because, you know, our people have a close connection to being back home. And yeah, home sometimes is Dominican Republic for many. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Well, my grandma was buried in New Jersey and she wanted to be buried by some close relatives of hers that were also buried in the same t- cemetery. She wasn't interested in going back home. Oh, really? To Dominican Republic. Yeah. She was like, she was like, you know, my best friend, my cousin, you know, a couple siblings were buried at this burial ground in New Jersey. And if I, when I pass, I want to be there with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to ask you. Yeah. So I learned a lot about you, about cooking and Yeah, same thing with you. You know, your thoughts on that. That's great. Yeah, same. Same with you. (laughs) Well, speaking of something that has no connection to beans, 
death. There's no connection. There's no segue. We got but no we are going to talk about mental health. Or maybe there is. Maybe they're all connected. Yeah, maybe they're all connected. Food, death, and mental health. Oh, I like that. That's a cool topic. Slash. slash yeah, these are slash, cool topics. Slogan. I hope you're following us. Because <laughs> we are just Listen, we talk about away. everything and anything. Okay? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We just talk about whatever's on our minds. So <laughs> speaking of, you know, what our guest tonight. Yes. Diana Lopez. Yes. Yeah. And um, our amazing topic, which I'm really excited to talk about mental health. Yeah, I am too. I definitely need some help. <laughs> but I think it's, I've been seeing so much about like normalizing, talking about mental yes, health. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's important to, you know, yeah, we need therapists and it's okay. It's okay to share your feelings. It's okay to not be okay as well. Yeah. I made a commitment that whenever someone is genuinely like, how have you been? I'm like, dude, I am depressed and I'm lost. And I'm like, I, I'm honest about it now. That's interesting because um, I work in uh, corporate America and, you know, the, the it's the, quite the opposite. When people ask, how are you? People mm-hmm. don't really ask because they want to know. No. They just ask. It's like the constant like, oh, I'm good. How are you? It's like the constant response is, I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. know? Oh, no. On an everyday life. Yeah. But like if a friend who hasn't contacted me in a while contacts me i'm i'm now honest in that moment how i feel respond oh yeah that's important yeah you know like i'm not just like fine how are you like you know if it's an old friend or someone i communicate with often if it's just like somebody bassing or something of course i'm you're not gonna i'm like, gonna be human like- about it i'm just gonna <laughs> be like yeah or, or, hanging in there how are you yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like I ain't rude, you know? No, I was thinking like, I was thinking how cool it would be to be able to say that in corporate American that setup would be because great. people are, you know, going through a lot of things everywhere, especially at work. So I yeah. think that would be cool to be able to share more and say, you know? Yeah, that would be nice. To have an environment where in even in corporate America, that's fostered and, yeah, you know, made okay. Well, maybe there's a company out there somewhere. <laughs> We have uh, Diana Lopez. We just have to set up our own corporation, Mercedes. <laughs> okay, mental I'm not gonna say anything health else. today. Diana Lopez is here joining us. I'm so excited to have Diana Lopez on. Let's tell you guys more about her. So she has over 18 years of experience working in the field of social services. She provides support to adults, children, and their families. She definitely wears many hats. Diana has experience in what is called trauma-informed practice. She has experience providing group therapy and individual counseling. She has served as an advocate and resource for homeless youth and families involved in the New York City foster care system. And her most recent work is with children and families at the New York City DOE Bilingual School Social Worker as a clinician. She also works as an interventionist, providing special introduction and ABA therapy, which is applied behavioral analysis therapy for children receiving early intervention services. Uh, She's a daughter of two proud Dominican parents that arrived to New York City in the 80s. And um, she is all about bringing awareness and change to the many disparities our communities face, not just in the United States, but as well in the Dominican Republic. So excited to have Diana here and let us get her on the line. Let's do it. Yeah. 
Diana Lopez. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for inviting. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on here. I think this is a big question. This has been a big question for me, mental health. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to have a specialist on here with us. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to talk about it. You know, I've been telling Mercedes that, you know, this is my first time speaking, um, I guess, on a podcast, so I'm a bit nervous <laughs> about oh, it. Yeah, no worries. But, we'll take care of Well, you, you should be nervous, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> We're very serious podcasters. We take this extremely seriously. And, I did the um, opposite of I have my podcast voice on, so, you know, uh-huh. this, is, this is no joke after this. No, okay. you have nothing to worry about. We'll take care of you. We will guide you along the way. It'll be so much fun. All right, great. So, um, Thank you so much, Diana, yes. for being on here. Diana Lopez. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for having me, ladies. Yes. Yeah. Very important topic. Very important that we yes. all avoid. <laughs> yes. Or, or, or do. A lot of us yeah. <laughs> avoid it because it's hard to talk about. Yes. It is. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Miss Lopez. Mrs. Lopez. Well, Ms. Lopez. <laughs> well I am a social worker, a licensed master social worker. I've been doing this for about 18 years now in different capacities. Um, So I've been working with youth as well as families, adults in foster care, within the school systems, homelessness, um, a variety of of capacities, and then also independently doing work with children, younger children um, who are on the autism spectrum or have Mm. developmental delays. Um, So it's different capacities. So and also in my own personal life with family members and friends who have been struggling with mental health, I try my best to be a support to them and navigating like the different systems that are involved, which are plenty and sometimes confusing and more complicated than they should be, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's me in, in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> and I'm a mom, a soon-to-be mom of three. Wow. Um, yes, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Um, so managing being a mom then now with the whole pandemic working from home and managing the kids, it's it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure a lot of people could relate. Oh yeah. Quite a bit. What led mm-hmm. you into social work? Well, at first when I was in college, I wanted to be pre-med. I wanted to become a doctor because I mm-hmm. felt like I could I've always wanted to be a doctor in the medical field. I felt like I could contribute, you know, with people more I like I like helping I like helping people heal um and then my parents decided that they wanted to be foster parents right before I went into college so that became my first exposure to social services um and I ended up having to you know do a major in human development with a minor in zoology still with the intention of going to medical school (laughs) right after or doing a postgraduate postdoctoral graduate um, thing. But when I graduated from college, I ended up working in a foster care agency. And as I was working there, um, I started to feel that that was my calling, you Mm. know. Um, So that led to other opportunities. And I just decided that I wanted to help people in that aspect as an advocate and then also understand more of what the needs are within my community. Wow. Um, okay, Wonder Woman. Why, thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. So um, how has your work changed? What are the new challenges during this time? During the pandemic? Oh, my goodness. So a lot of things have gone remote. 
And I think the biggest challenge has been, you know, trying to convince people to this new world of technology um, and providing services. Because, you know, when you think about therapy or you think about social services, it's, it's very personal. It's very in-person. Yeah, yeah. And to now have to talk to people through a screen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, doesn't make people feel so, you know, warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Not so comfortable. Um, and trying to also get in contact with other providers, too can be a challenge when everybody else is also remote. So figuring out other ways to connect, who to email, and everybody's systems are using different systems. And it's mm. that's one of the biggest challenges. And then not everybody that I work with in regards to who need the services have access to the internet. Oh. Yeah. So it's a lot more phone conversations. Mm. Oh, you do, do you, are you having, how's the, is it half phone, half computer or? So it depends. So they are um, parents, so depending, like if I'm doing a therapy session, it's been mostly through the computer. Um, and if I'm doing us, you know, trying to work with the parent, it's been majority phone because parents are not going to always have access to a computer right in front of them. You know, yeah. some parents don't know how to na navigate, um, you know, Zoom or Google Classroom or uh, Google Hangouts or all these uh, Microsoft Teams. Not everybody has those different apps on their computers or on their phones. Um, so the phone has been the easiest to to communicate, yeah. but also when you're on the phone, you can't see somebody's face to be able to interpret, you know, what they really are saying. Because a lot of times things get lost in translation. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's so funny. Uh, my mother works in El Barrio in East Harlem, and she mm -hmm. always reminds me that there's still people who don't have access to internet the same yes. and like having access to internet is actually a, a huge privilege and it's yes. something I forget all the time because I have so much internet access to the point where like my partner freaks out if there's any mm -hmm. type of delay or like whatever for a minute and a half he's like flipping out and like calling yeah. the cable company and stuff and um, yeah. yeah it just it baffles me that th there are people in New York City who don't have access mm -hmm. to internet. It's just like so crazy. I feel like at this point, it should be a free service. It should. And I think, especially during the pandemic for families, because right now we have over 114,000 um, children who are homeless with their families. Oh and oh we're God. expecting them to do school through Zoom and wow. or Google Classroom. And they don't have internet access always at the shelters. Some of them don't even have devices. So, if their kid or the family member is supposed to be using the device to get therapy or counseling or any other type of service, it makes it difficult. They miss out on these services. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, the parents get penalized, you know, if the kid is not present or mm -hmm. they're not communicating. And it's hard because you're living in a shelter. You're living in a yeah. in a wow. in a situation that is not easy. And then if you're going through your own, like I've had parents that have been dealing with depression and or have had lost family members due to COVID. And, you know, for me to call them and say, hey, I need you to log on to this meeting on Friday at this time. They're like, well, I just lost somebody. You yeah. know, I can't be like, oh, well, let's get on. Like, that's very insensitive. Yeah, I have to be patient. I have to figure out a creative way to support them. Yeah. So let's talk about the community that you work with. Um, yeah. Because you are Dominican. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel that most of the people that you work with are also Latino? Or are they Dominican or is it a, an 
a different array of different um, nationalities? Mm-hmm. So I think it's def- definitely an array of nationalities. Um, I do work with a large Latino population. When I was working with in Queens, the population was different. There was Southern South American um, or um, East Asian population coming to the Bronx. There have been a lot of Dominicans and Puerto Rican, you know, families that have needed support, and then also African American as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. And and currently, what what community do you work in? Like, what neighborhood do you work in now? So I currently work in the Bronx, next to the Bronx Zoo. Um, they call that the the West Farms Boston Road area. Um, and I I work in multiple school locations. So I do the population is majority Latino and African American, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them are either families who immigrated from the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. or um, Mexico. Or, you know, and also different levels of income. You know, we've had families who just moved from the Dominican Republic and are living in room rentals with their kids, Um, you know, which is very stressful, you know, to have just confined to one little space. Um, A lot of people with parents with health issues, uh, kids with health and mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you see um, in the current community and neighborhood you work in now um, that you see it's a lot of uh, Latinos, Latinx, uh, Dominican, do you see any commonalities in how on how these households deal and treat mental health? Yes, um, especially with me being familiar with the, some of the situations that are c- currently going on on the island and within my own family. Mm-hmm. A lot of the families are in denial in regards to mental health. You know, because there's a stigma. There's a, a I don't want to I don't want to go to see a psychologist or a therapist. I'm not crazy. You know, so loco. Oh. You know, it's a palo loco. You know, mm. and it's just trying to educate them and letting them know that you know you're not crazy. That's not what it is. Sometimes yeah. you need somebody else to help you go through what it is that you're feeling and trying to help you process what you just went through because it was a traumatic event. A lot of times, a lot of our people go through a traumatic event and they just either brush it off. Or they don't realize that it really did have an effect on them. And it manifests in other ways, either our physical health or we process it and we become bitter or angry or sad. And we don't understand why. Mm. Yeah. Have you noticed that it's been um, more and more younger people um, seeking mental health? Yes, there have been more and more younger people seeking mental health. But the thing has been that a lot of the younger population have also turned to either substance abuse or, um, you know, to try to cope during this time with what is going on because they can't, you know, see their friends as frequently or they've lost their jobs or, you know, they have been dealing with an issue since they were children or, you know, a lot of one of the things that I've noticed is like generational issues in regards to how we deal with how we're feeling um i know for some men they're told oh you're a man you're not supposed to cry so they bottle up their feelings and it turns it could turn into anger or and then there's issues with domestic violence or child abuse or Mm. you know they get themselves into trouble even for women as well like we will internalize how we're feeling and not be comfortable with sharing how we're feeling because either we don't want to be seen as weak or that we can't handle it all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Do you think substance abuse is is bigger in the younger generation? From um, I think when it comes to the younger generation, you have this sense of um, of immortality. Like nothing's really yeah, going to happen to you. So a lot of the times, youth are more free to um, try new things, to peer pressure. But there's also substance abuse issue in the older generation. But the thing is that I know for the Dominican community, alcoholism is a big issue. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, we kind of normalize it or we use humor yeah, to absolutely. to like, oh, it's a baby. Let's make like have fun. If you don't drink, you're not having fun. Not realizing that this person is trying to mask that they're stressed out because of work or that they lost their job or because they have a health issue. Um, and that's what they've been used to doing all their, all their, like all throughout their life pretty much is that's something that's a coping mechanism that has been normalized. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I see it all the time. Just like, I'm sorry to get off track here, but like Mm -hmm. I've been obviously watching more movies and TV because of the pandemic and being home more. And I also see just in general, uh, I forgot what show I was watching. I was like, man, they drink a lot on their show. It just like dawned on me that every single episode, they're just drinky, 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 drinky. Like that's the yeah. thing to do. And when you just said normal, you know, that the community normalizes this as being okay. And if, you know, if you're, you're not having fun or you're not relieving stress or something, if you're not drinking and mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited for that to be gone. You know what I mean? Cause I'm, I'm a sucker for that too. I don't think I have a problem with alcohol, but I've been, Oh, I've had a rough day. I need a beer yes. or like, I need a glass of wine. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I don't need it. I just, for some reason have been taught that that's what relaxes you when it can actually cause a lot of harm so that was just a really yeah interesting and that's throughout all cultures too like we see it in the american culture like everywhere you know when we turn on the tv if somebody's having a stressful day the first thing they crack open is a a a glass or something right you know to try to relax or calm themselves down or sometimes people feel oh oh you know like let's say somebody's like a shy person. Like I would consider myself to be a shy person. They might say, "Oh, you know, let me have a drink. It might loosen you up, and you could have yeah. fun." And you know, then you feel you connect to having fun with drinking. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah. Dana, what are some ways that people can seek support during this time? Like, what can parents do about their children being home? You know, they're not socializing as much. And Mm -hmm. what are some things that the parents can do for themselves as well? Because, you know, it's so challenging right now to maybe for some people to do self-care or Mm -hmm. to, you know, we're everyone's stuck together in the house for hours and hours. Some people are working from home as well. So what are some Mm -hmm. things that some people can do for their children and themselves? I I definitely think one of the things that I was reading up on recently, and you could go to nyc.gov and they give um, resources and ideas of what to do and phone numbers as well to call. 311 is definitely a good resource to call because I know there's so many numbers out there. But if we forget, you know, just dial 311 and you'll be able to get access to different organizations that if you need somebody to talk to, even through text. Like you could just text somebody and you'd be able to have a conversation with them about how you're feeling. And if you need extra support, they'll be able to help navigate everything with you. Um, my best advice for anybody who is working from home um, is definitely have a designated area where this is just your workspace. And then your other spaces around your house is just for you to, to unwind. And if it's, you know, for me, my day is supposed to end at 3.20. I start at 8 o'clock and it's supposed to end at 3.20. 
you try to make your best effort to turn off the phone, turn off the, the, the Zoom, the computer, the emails, don't look at it, turn it off and just try to do something for you at least one hour a day where you're just trying to decompress, whether it's going to your room, trying to meditate. Um, you know, my, my kids school, they like to do um, mindfulness. Um, so oh, they've been great. teaching the kids how to do yoga and there's YouTube videos on for kids to do yoga um, and, you know, mindfulness exercises um, where you could just focus on your breathing, how your body is feeling. I think that a lot of times we forget to be aware of our bodies. Like when mm. we're frustrated or stressed, our bodies tense up or yeah. we get a headache or our stomachs start acting up. Um, so it's important to, to pay attention to these things. So that way you could like, all right, my body is tense. Let me go take a shower. Let me do some aroma. Like people like to do essential oils. Um, yeah. Talk to your partner, talk to each other, you know, say, Hey, I need a break right now. You have to communicate. And that's something that I've had to learn. I've had to learn to be able to tell my partner, Hey, can you stay here with these guys so I could take a walk outside? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and if you don't communicate that, then you end up building frustration and anger. And then that could end up into an argument with your partner. And they're looking at you like, why are you mad at me? I didn't do anything right now. Yeah. But yeah. communication is key. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, you know, women, sometimes we have the superwoman syndrome when well, we want to do. do it all. And then also for some men, you know, it's hard for them to communicate their needs as well, you know, because some men are also looked at, oh, they don't, you know, they can handle everything as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a great point to communicate um, with each other. Yeah. So I just went off of the assumption that like during this time of COVID, everyone's more depressed. <laughs> like everyone's suffering from depression right now. But is there like a study or actual data out there that says that's the case? Or is that something that is just me? <laughs> No, no, there are studies. Granted, they're just fresh studies out there. Mm. Um, I know if you go onto the CDC website or the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services website, you'll see they'll try to compare, um, you know, from previous years to currently. And the people's anxiety levels have definitely risen um, due to the fact that, you know, at the beginning, we didn't know what COVID we, we still yeah. don't understand it fully and we're yeah. constantly getting different types of information. And within our community, because of the language barriers, you know, we can't, a lot of things can get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember there was a time where they used to say, um, don't open the windows. I know that my mom got a message from WhatsApp saying, mm -hmm. don't open the windows or do this because COVID could come into your house. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, and I, and she wasn't the only one because a lot of like uh, Dominican um, community, they use WhatsApp and other Latino communities, yeah. WhatsApp to share information from the island mm -hmm. to New York. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely has has risen. Um, I'm trying to find the actual I know in 2017, the death rate for suicide for Hispanic men was four times the rate of Hispanic women in 2017. Now, wait, I can you repeat that, that again? So in 2017, the death rate from suicide for Hispanic men was four times the rate of Hispanic women in 2017. Wow. So and, and it's increasing now. I know in the Dominican Republic, I saw a news report where they were saying that not only are we in a pandemic because of COVID, but we also in a pandemic because of mental health uh, depression. Um, you know, a lot of young people who are suffering because of job loss, not being able to work, not being able to provide for their families and you know, if you already suffered from anxiety and depression and didn't have yeah. the proper coping mechanisms, this pandemic definitely has caused all of that anxiety to rise. Yeah. 
And then also, Diana, like in our culture, in our community, we're all about being together. And because of COVID, you know, we have to, because we, we, we want to take care of our elders, we want, we have to separate, right. And, and isolate. Can we talk a little bit about that too? Like, you know, our elderly, you know, our grandmas or our moms that are older that unfortunately we have to distance ourselves. Like for the holidays, you know, people struggle with, you know, whether or not they should be with their families. And I know for me, it's been a little challenging with my own parent about, you know, social distancing, because in our mm-hmm. culture, we're all about being together and hugging each yeah, other. Absolutely. And, and uh-huh. it, it, it pains me sometimes that, you know, my mom can't be with her grandkids all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because of this event that we have going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I could speak from a personal experience. My I think it was for Mother's Day. Was it for Mother's Day? Or no, it was around Easter time, I think, where... um yeah, because earlier on in the pandemic, we had gotten my my grandmother uh, iPad. So she's like, "What is this? I rather people come and see me oh. and trying to explain to her that <laughs> we can't because yeah. we still don't we don't want to bring you anything. We don't want to make you sick." And she's like, "No, no, no! I don't like this whole technology and computer thing." And you know, but you also have fam- We also have family members that live out of state, so yeah. this would be the best way to help you see everybody. So we did it. We had the home attendant, you know, help her with navigating the whole system. And she did get to see everybody, but she cried because it was it was a lot. You know, she gets this is like the only way that she could see all of her grandkids and all of her kids together. Um, And she has her own health issues. So it definitely is a a hard time for people who have um, families who are suffering from other illnesses besides COVID and would like to be with their family members. And sometimes people feel this might be the last time that I see them. So I want to be able to hug them. I want to be able to be with them. Um, You know, but everybody keeps saying this is the new normal. We have to not be, be used to watching everybody on computers and cameras and those other stuff, but it's hard to expect somebody who's not used to technology to tell them, after 70 something years of not having to use technology, this is the new way of that you're going to be able to see your kids. It's very impersonal. Yeah. Yeah. For someone who's not, uh, who, who is tech savvy and, you know, has used them before, I, I still don't like it either. You know? <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I definitely prefer seeing and touching and, and, you know, being around people. It's to the point where it's actually hard for me to watch some movies and stuff. Cause I'm just like craving the nostalgia and love just like going to a restaurant and feeling relaxed mm-hmm. and enjoying myself with my friends. You know? Yeah. So, I think, yeah. I think I tell myself that this is temporary, right? Yeah. I keep mm-hmm. reminding myself that, you know, this is not going to go on for forever, hopefully, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. understanding that. And this is what I do for myself and just kind of like, you know, think about, okay, this is, this is going on now. What can I take care of now? Maybe now is a good time to look inward, to do some spiritual work, Mm -hmm. things like that, Mm -hmm. that I normally wouldn't have time to do. Maybe I can start a yoga course, you know, now Mm -hmm. because we have a little bit more time. I'm curious, Diana, to to hear Mm -hmm. what you think about because we are in a tech space. What do you think about talk space or like these um, mechanisms that people have right now where, you know, you can text a therapist? I mean, Mm -hmm. I for one, I talk to my therapist at least once a week, especially now with everything going on, because daily, you know, weekly check ins. What do you think about weekly check ins? Because um, when you are saying with, uh, you know, like with mental health, isn't isn't it 
not always about waiting till something is like a huge thing going on in your life. Isn't it mm-hmm. good to also just do some sort of check-in as well? Yeah. I know that's like a multi-question. So, so I, yeah. So I, I, I like that there's things like talk space and that there's, I know Thrive New York City is doing an initiative where you could chat, check somebody and then they'll check in with you. And I think it's very important for us to not wait to feel like something dramatic is happening. Right. Um, you know, so that way we could, okay, I need to go find somebody to help me process what I'm going through. Um, I think it's important that we do check-ins with ourselves every single time, whether it's with a therapist or whether it's even on your own, like being self-aware of, but that takes practice. And a lot of times we are, we ourselves are, can be in denial of what it is that we're feeling or experiencing. But, you know, having connections with your friends or family members, or even coworkers to say, hey, and being OK with that. Hey, if you see me doing this or if you see me, you know, overwhelmed, please, please tap in, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's having that person that is that you feel comfortable to tap in and like pull your ear and be like, hey, you're not your usual. What's going on? What's happening? You know, not mm-hmm. what's wrong with you, but what's happening? Yeah, because when you tell somebody what's wrong with you, then you get defensive. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. for the people out there who may be listening to this, who are like, "Oh, I can't afford therapy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. what are potential resources they could they could have to go to therapy if they're interested? Well, there are free clinics. New York City has free clinics, and I'm sure that there's some free clinics in other states. Oh, I know okay. now through because of COVID, there's been different initiatives where they've been um, offering free counseling support. And it, I think it might be just for a certain period of time, maybe like a couple of times, and then they'll try to link you up with providers that will either be free or income based, depending on what the situation is. Yeah. But if you don't have health insurance, you know, there are options available. I know in New York City, there's the Sydney Hillman Clinic, there's the uh, NYU. Um, they do free clinics um, okay. where they do provide services. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So and I mean, what about the therapists themselves? What how do how do you refuel or what are some resources? I'm sure other therapists already know, but like what are some mm-hmm. things that have worked for you um, when you feel overwhelmed? Because I'm sure therapists are getting a lot of calls right now. (laughs) So we definitely as therapists, it is recommended that we have like we ourselves go to therapy to check in just to make sure there's no counter transference going on, that you're not being triggered by something that your your client, your your patient is saying, Um, you know, having to make sure that you also have. We go to training constantly, and a lot of these trainings offer your you tools to be able to identify when you are feeling overwhelmed or, or you know, triggered by something that somebody might be saying, so that way you could separate yourself from the situation. Um, and it definitely is important to be able to decompress, because a lot of times as therapists, we're hearing about other people's problems, other people's traumas, other people's, you know, issues. And when we come home, you know, it, it it's important to have a conversation if you have a partner. If you don't have a partner, have somebody, a friend or a family member that you trust to be able to say, okay, I need to unwind right now. I need to either, um, some people are very religious, so they'll you go to church. Um, there are people who like to exercise. So exercise and keeping your body healthy, sleeping, um, yeah. you know, doing things like, 
you know, for me, washing my hair, it, it makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, doing simple things, you know, that that you you enjoy, like making sure that even if you have to schedule it, put it on your schedule. You know, today is going to be my I need to paint my nails. Right. You know, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, like knitting, meditating. People sometimes feel like meditating is you're sitting down with your eyes closed and going, um, <laughs> that's yeah. not the case you know meditating could be in different forms like listening to music it could be like i said knitting or doing something that you enjoy that you're you just let your mind go wander into a empty space that you could just do naturally that just you don't have to think too much about yeah Yeah. is there anything particularly i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question is there mm-hmm. anything I love every all the advice you just gave about like finding things you joy you enjoy and that bring you joy to relieve stress and I'm thinking mm-hmm. how to gear this towards the Dominican community and what have you seen has there been any ex- specific examples or things that you noticed from our community that help with bringing that joy that's geared towards the Dominican community like some trends that you've seen that work in terms of bringing joy and relieving stress. Oh, music, music and comedy. Like okay. <laughs> we, we enjoy to laugh. Our humor is a humor that I like, I don't want to see it say like, it's not none other than like not compared to others, but it's some the sarcasm, the, we could, we definitely laugh at ourselves very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that that definitely has helped and music has helped when some when your community is going through something stressful singing um and food cooking um i saw uh there's a chef chef carolina um she's on instagram and she talked about how when you're cooking in the campo the women will gather around this big olla like this big pot and they're singing you know and that goes back to slavery and that goes back to indigenous time where you would cook as a community so there's a that bond and I know now during COVID there's very limited that whole community building but you know sharing recipes and singing and dancing Mm -hmm. that's all part of the Dominican cultures that are important for us to maintain our own joy and peace and happiness yeah and um um going into that with the whole family and stuff what about people who lost a family member during these times like during COVID Mm -hmm. and now we have the holidays I mean, mm-hmm. I have a friend that, you know, her mom just passed away maybe like a week ago. And I just thought mm-hmm. about her, you know, because the, the holidays are coming. And, you uh-huh. know, a lot of people now with COVID, they can't even have a proper uh, funeral. Yeah. It's all yeah, virtual. No. I know. It's 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 a it's very weird. I've, I've heard of people having had to have watched funerals over Zoom yeah, um, because yeah. they can't travel. Yeah, um, I've had, you know, there have been recent loss close within the family where people can't get together to share their condolences because yeah. of COVID, um, you know, and I think one thing within the Dominican community is that you have people who are very resilient and are of strong faith mm-hmm. um, who, you know, hold on to the memories that they've had with the person, the good memories. Um, they try to celebrate the person's life from what I've seen. They celebrate them. It's not like a, um, they might, they'll cry. We all cry because it's a hurt. It's a pain. We're angry. We're frustrated. Those are all feelings that we should acknowledge and should feel and not try to brush them under the table, but also remember that our family members, depending if you're a spiritual person or if you're, you know, a person who's not spiritual is that, 
that person would want you to remember them with with peace and joy yeah um mm, and it's sure. important that you hold on to that um yeah. even though it, that it is hard um to do um but also to remember that it's okay to cry don't hold your tears it's okay to be angry acknowledge that you're angry acknowledge that you're frustrated because if you don't acknowledge it that that'll eat you up and it's important to to do to do that I don't know that, but I'm just yeah, rambling. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So no. um, because holidays are around us, um, what advice do you have for those who are struggling? Because, you know, I know they say depression goes up mm-hmm. during the holidays. Yes, it does. And now we got mm-hmm. a double whammy with everything going on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what can you tell us about, you know, that dealing with the holidays? So I know, especially these holidays are probably going to be extra harder because a lot of people won't be able to travel to see their family members or have like you said have lost their family members i think it's important that you know still pick up the phone pick up the phone talk to whoever you can um reach out i know people have i don't want to talk to a therapist because you know the stigma that comes with it but if you need to speak to a professional you can and remember that that person is not going to judge you i'm going to criticize you it is confidential Nobody's going to know that you called that person unless you tell somebody that you called that person. Um, But you need to reach out. You definitely need to reach out. And if you have a friend who is suffering from depression or has a history of suicidal ideation or suicide attempts, don't feel bad in in talking to them and hearing them. And you could even straight up ask them, you know, are you thinking about hurting yourself? That's not going to be a trigger that's not gonna i know a lot of people say i don't want to say that because what if they are and they're gonna go and do it no you know there's a protocol like you you would speak to them ask them that question and try to get them the support because there there is support out there so if somebody is feeling suicidal there's a phone number that you could call Mm -hmm. um, a hotline that you could call and there's also the mobile crisis unit they will come out to your home and assess if you need that extra support Mm -hmm. um so you know I think it's important that we all check in on each other, whether it's phone, email, Zoom, however way we need to send a message, we yeah. do it. Um, really quick, I want to ask this quick question. Okay. Um, what do you think about this whole cancel culture and like people, you know, when you have grudges or you're not speaking to someone? Um, do you have any advice for that? Because let's say you haven't been talking to a family member or you lost touch with a, what, a friend or something. Um, and sometimes people have unresolved issues. Any advice to kind of bridge that gap? I, there's a um, a saying that I like to use that holding on to a grudge is like holding on to a piece of hot coal. The only mm-hmm. person that's getting hurt is yourself. Holding on you to know, a grudge? Holding on to a grudge is like holding on to a piece of hot coal, you know, like burning coal. Oh, coal. Coal, yeah. Oof. So you're holding like a, a charcoal. Yeah. So you're holding on to it and the only person that's getting burnt is you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good that's one that's good the only one that yeah. got burnt is you I love that so how you do know, they like bridge that, that gap that person is walking around not even probably not even aware that you're feeling some type of way <laughs> they don't even <laughs> no. remember they don't even know they, right yeah. they probably don't even remember what could have happened it could have been something that your mama did or your aunt did when you were like four or five or six and it's important to acknowledge that it was important to you right but to, they might not have realized for different reasons because you know a lot of especially in Dominican culture like you know, oh, a lot yeah. of the upbringing that Boy. the older generations have had are are different from what we as a younger generation has. Yes. No filter. We're, we're, no filter. Yeah. Like they just blah, blurt it all out <laughs> and they don't realize that they might have hurt your feelings. Right. <laughs> so 
you know, I think that it's important to let that person know, okay, I understand what you what you, you what you just said just hurt my feelings because this is how this is how I felt. But you also have to be okay with whether or not they understand that they hurt your feelings yeah. and be able to move on. Yeah. Because, you know, life is too short and mm-hmm. especially with family, things happen and you don't want to wait for something major to happen to then express how you felt and I think it's important to communicate but again you have to be okay with them with the because you can't control how they're going to respond yeah. you with the reason, how yeah. you respond so you have to be okay with whatever the outcome is and you decide whether okay all right your family so you're going to be kept in this location yeah. <laughs> right now yeah. just so I can keep my peace of mind but at least I said my part yeah yeah that's a great that's point. a really good point about being aware of you know, how you think the conversation may go, but being open Mm -hmm. that the person may have no idea that they hurt you or Mm -hmm. vice versa, you know, like, and, but I think it's important to, to have the dialogue. Yeah. It's challenging though. Yeah. It's challenging. I I went to see a therapist because I had a thing with a family member. I won't blow up the spot, but how she had me deal with it. (laughs) blowing up my therapy session is (laughs) write a letter to this Mm -hmm. person. And, uh, I, I read it and rewrote it several times with my therapist until I felt it was ready. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. So I felt like, and you know, I felt really good. I was like, okay, it's right. Cause you know, the first draft was just me getting all the angry. Yeah. Out. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Hate you. I hate you. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like just yeah. all the bad stuff that was terrible and accusatory stuff. You know, are you supposed yeah. to send the letter to them or is it just for you? Like the well, it, yeah, it's just for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. just for me. Um, and and my therapist said that I could send it to this person. Yeah. But the same thing you said, Diana, but knowing that the the reaction could be anything. And like yeah. being open to knowing that if I did send it to this person, like just let it go from there, actually. Yeah. You know, I said yeah. my piece and then that's it, basically. And also like, mm-hmm. you know, not to be morbid, but like, you know, you can have an issue with someone who has passed away. And then mm-hmm. how do you find that peace as well? Yeah. You know, like you do my strategy. Yeah, you, you can write a letter or, yeah. you know, but I think yeah. like you said, it's important to communicate and share, you know, and not hold things in. Because sometimes yeah. in our culture, we're taught to hold things in. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Am I yes. right, Diana? Or Yeah. No, no. Um, there was a, a psychologist uh, from the Dominican Republic who um, she was saying how a lot of our issues are generational mm. because of the oh, way yeah. we have been brought up for different reasons, for because of either religious reasons or because of, you know, we come from a mindset sometimes of, of a, a mindset of lacking or like, for example, she, she used a phrase like, if you were born poor, you're going to stay poor. But that's not yeah. the right mentality to have. You know, why are you having that mentality of, of coming from a, a space of lack? Um, and then a lot of the other times we come from like, you know, your elders, you have, you, you have to stay shut. You can't talk. You have to, you can't say nothing to them. You know, mm. because they're your elders and you have to respect them. Um, right. So there's different things that culturally are ingrained in us that we sometimes tend to subconsciously or consciously accept as that's just how it is. Oh, you know, so and so is going to say whatever they're going to say because, you know, that's just who they are. Mm. And we end up losing ourselves and holding things in is not good. So, you know, I know 
that if I am poor, I'm not going to die poor because I'm going to come from a space of abundance. I'm going to come from a space, you know, I'm going to yeah. tell you how I'm feeling because I don't want to keep that inside of me. You know, I, I know that if I let it go, if I release it, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel more at peace. Yeah. How you feel, you you have to figure that out because I don't know. I can't go into your head. I can't go into your mind. That's a good point. That makes sense. That's a great point. And like, but I will say, I do notice that the younger generations definitely speak their mind more at the dinner table. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. And it it has forced a lot of the older generations to open up more, you know, because, you know, when you're sitting at the table and you have a bunch of young people telling you this is what it is and then the times are changing you have to change either you change with the times or you yeah. stay stuck right yeah, right exactly yeah um mm-hmm. diana how do you identify with me well i identify as being dominican because my parents are dominican even though i was born here in the united states i say i'm dominican now i do have people in my own family that i would say that they're afro-latinas because, you know, one, me, I'm, I'm a white Dominican, so I can't say I'm Afro-Latina. Mm-hmm. But I do know that we do have African blood coming through all of our veins. We're all the same. So I guess that's the simplest way I could yeah. describe it. That's fantastic. Yes. Thank you. So our final questions. Our final mm-hmm. questions. <laughs> Which you did touch on this one, but just to elaborate. What are your three favorite things about the Dominican culture? Like I said, the humor, the comedy, like that we could laugh at ourselves, um, no matter what the situation, it could be very sarcastic, morbid, whatever it is. But the fact that we could laugh at ourselves, the music, um, you know, the the food, definitely the food, especially now that I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's been your favorite dish these days? My favorite food? Yeah. Oh, my God. So... Pastelitos Ooh, have been yes. my favorite right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, anything fried. <laughs> <laughs> sopa, sopa, soup. My mom made a, um, una, carne, una sopa de, de res the other day. Mm. Sancocho. Um, mm. You know, nice. definitely anything yeah. fried has been like empanadas. Uh-huh. I love empanadas. So you said I, I food? Do, I do like um, sweets. Oh, my God. Dominican dulces. My brother-in-law went to oh, the Dominican Republic good. and he brought me back some dulces. Oh, that has been my weakness. Dulces. Man, I haven't had dulces. Have you had that, Rocio? Yeah, I haven't in a long Those time. Those are good. Yeah. I like the milk one. The the milk creamy one. Yeah. Those so he, he brought um, uh, cheese, Dominican cheese. Ooh. Oh, my God. Mm. That was the enjaboa. It's just kind of like a Dominican cookie. I wish I could describe it better, <laughs> but it's uh, it's ma- made out of um, kind of like cakey texture, um, and I love it with cheese because it's like the combination <laughs> of the sweet and the saltiness Yum. together. Mm, that sounds good. Yum! Mm-hmm. I can't eat dairy. So you said, wait, you said <laughs> you said the food, the humor, and what's the third one? Music. Music. Um, okay, music. Definitely music. Um, and you know, I, I like that my kids like to sing and they like music and they like, Mm. you know, they like, they also like to be silly. And I think being part of the the Dominican 
community helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot. So we know you identify as a white Dominican, but mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. do you ident- how do you amplify the Afro and Afro Dominican? Well, the fact that I acknowledge that we are of African descent, that we all have African blood in us, and then also with my kids too. Um, you know, and we have my family members are all different shades. So for example, my daughter, I have a uh was asked a question. I can't remember how long ago it was. I think it was probably during the time of George Floyd. And she said herself, daddy says that I'm black. <laughs> so we're black. And then my sister said, yeah, you're right. And then she says to, I have a, a nephew who's white, but my sister's a darker complexion. And my sister asked her, so is he black or he's white? And she goes, he's black because you're black. <laughs> he comes from you. So it's just like acknowledging who, where we all come from. And I think educating our kids to understand that we have African roots and we're Dominican and that's part of who we are. Oh, that's sweet. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on here. I'm already, I've been using some of the tools you've mentioned on the episode, but I feel like I need to use some more. Like I forget that sometimes I could just put on music and dance in my apartment. You know what I mean? Like that'll bring me joy. Yeah. And wearing, I think I I think I told you guys that I was wearing a bright colored shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Colors like are 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 as Dominicans, we're very colorful people with yeah. what we wear and how we use color in our home. You know, I think that helps. You know, like when you're feeling down or depressed, like look around your house to see what can be brightened up oh. in your wardrobe. What could you wear that will make your mood? That makes changes your mood completely. That's yeah. a good point That's because you know point. some people love wearing black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me yeah. Good. yeah. But just being aware to just don't forget to use other colors. Yeah. You know, that are on yeah. around for us to use yeah. as well. Get the yeah. accent wall up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One one last thing I wanted to mention in regards to like therapy and, and mental health was just that, you know, there's all it's not one size fits all. And I think it's important for our community to understand because I've had people tell me, oh, I did therapy and that doesn't work. So then it's like, what was it about that therapy? You know, what was it about the per therapist? You know, making sure that the person you work with is culturally competent, has yeah. experience working with people within your community. And also there's different types of therapists. You know, there's not just a psychiatrist, psychologist, there's mental health counselors, social workers, there's um, life coaches, spiritual people, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're seeking, make sure that you do your research um, and that you ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to get second opinions. Um, mm. I mean, really and, quickly, because you said culturally competent, do you feel that there are enough therapists that are culturally competent or enough therapists that are Latinos, Afro-Latinos that repre- that can people can connect to? There needs to be more. I've seen more throughout my the, my time, my career. Um, you know, I've seen more of my peers that look like me and I've seen, and I think it's important for there to be, even if you're white, to still be culturally competent, to still understand that when somebody's coming to you from, you know, let's use Dominican culture, then when they're trying to tell you how they're feeling, that you are really listening and not assuming because assumptions are not good. Yeah. And you okay. need to be really... Um, even for medical providers, because it starts off with your primary care practitioner. Yeah. We've had Dominicans and, and Latinos, when we go to the doctor, we say, oh, I'm feeling very nervous. Or I'm feeling, you know, however way they're describing it. And then 
the assumption is that they need a pill or that they need mm. this or that mm-hmm. and not really listening that you know they should do a full physical workup because sometimes we're lacking vitamins that might yeah. lead to us feeling some type of way don't exactly. just brush me off exactly. you know really listen to me because it could be something biological going on inside of me that's causing me to feel the way that I'm feeling yeah. or there could be something else like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or something else that's causing me to feel the way that I'm feeling. And I need you to really listen so you can refer me to the correct person. Mm. That's a great point. That's a fantastic Wow. Point. I can talk about this forever. I yeah. feel <laughs> so at peace talking to you and uh, maybe I'll call some of the people that I haven't spoken to. I know I'm motivated. Maybe, to call people now. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Or write them a letter. Maybe I'll do some meditation something. beforehand and write a letter <laughs> and then see how I feel. Yeah. How, how can people. And if you feel good with just writing it and don't want to send it, that's okay, too. Okay. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Sure. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> and how can people reach you? Can people follow you on Instagram or Twitter or anything? Or do you have a website? Any, any way our listeners can maybe reach out? I I wish I was telling Mercedes I'm very like <laughs> old school. <Yeah. laughs> like I need to get uh, get with it with the times. Um, <laughs> so, or any websites um, you can recommend you know, that right we... now I do have Instagram. I know my Instagram is mostly my kids and and my dog and <laughs> little family and stuff that I have. Um, so I have to get on it so I could be more accessible to people. But definitely, if anybody needs somebody to talk to, they are service providers. You can call three one one in New York City. There's uh, different hotlines that I can share with you guys that you guys probably could post on your website. Oh, yeah, that would be um, great. So yeah. people could take a look at it and reach out no matter where, because I know you guys have people all over the world looking. Yes, yeah. we do. Um, We're international. So I yeah. could definitely pass that information on to you guys to post. Um, Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this great conversation. We think it's really important, especially that this episode will be released right around the holidays. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you guys once again. I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, you <laughs> did not. It was perfect. I'm going to go grab a pastelito. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so well, much. Enjoy. Thank you guys. You too. Bye. 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 That was that was really nice. I'm glad we talked about this, especially now during the holidays. Yeah, that was... I felt like very healing. Yeah. I, I just know that I was a little down, you know... Thanksgiving because of not being able to be with my family. Yeah, and I just feel like I have a couple friends that are really going through some things with their family, like COVID and, you know, loss of jobs. So it it definitely is a tough time for people. Yeah, it definitely is a tough time for people. I don't want to get into a political rant after this really intense interview, but one of the things that I get upset about um, from the GOP is they, they say that people are taking advantage and they don't want to work and they just want to like live off of unemployment but this shows that that's not the case people do want purpose people do want to work because yeah. like suicides rates are higher depression's higher and it's because people can't work it's like the, the exact opposite um so yeah so i i'm really grateful we had this this talk this conversation yes me too let's keep the conversation going of course you join know. us in the conversation everyone hey mercedes you want to give everybody our handles yeah let's do it so you guys can contact us on instagram rocio and mercedes or on twitter rnm podcast we are always online so just reach out to us and you can email us at rocio and mercedes at gmail.com yeah yeah let us know and you know what omg this is our 10th 
episode, Our guys. Our 10th episode. Woo-woo. Celebrate with us, milestone episode. Yeah, and we're, you know, speaking of gratitude and grateful, we're really grateful for our listeners. We're really grateful for you guys. So tune, keep tuning in. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs>